The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi and welcome to episode 53 of the Mighty Whites podcast. The usual too, I'm Jack and I'm joined from Portland by KC. Good morning. How's things? Um, so, well, I've got three testicles, but apart from that, not too bad. Yeah, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, just the context, he's not kidding. No, gen- genuinely went into hospital Sunday night with a, a scare of sorts and turns out it is just a hernia related issue, but I, uh, I currently have three balls going on, so... Uh, the lesson here, guys, uh, check yourselves. And then wreck yourself. I mean, if you find a lump, you might already be wrecked. Yeah, that's true. But not erect. Well, don't be erect while you've been checked by a doctor. No, I've seen that. I've seen those films. I believe it. I believe that that's what they want, right? Was there a bass line playing in the background? Yeah, it was like some smooth jazz followed by like... Uh, yeah, those documentaries, I find them to be quite interesting, actually. Yeah, I always find it weird that more people haven't seen those documentaries, or at least don't talk about them more. I think they're really informative. <laughs> yeah, it's always good that the nurse in very revealing clothing uh, gives you a personal checkup. Yeah, and you know, it's it's always nice to be able to finish well. And speaking of not finishing well enough, we drew one all with Forrest. <laughs> Never have we moved so quickly tr- from testicles to anything else. Well, I know you. I know that you have trouble getting off testicles, Casey. Yeah, I love. I love a handful of balls. I've got a big sack of them in my car. <laughs> You've got a big sack of them on your person. By the sounds of it. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, just for the record, it isn't cancer, and he's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We we can laugh at this. It is just hernia related. It's just an inconvenience now. Yeah. Right, uh, on to the football, because there's been three games since this, since we last did. Uh, first one, one all with Forrest. Uh, Hernandez with our goal, Graben with theirs. It, not that he had much to do with it, the ball more just hit him and rolled into the corner. But th- this was a missed opportunity. Yeah, it was kind of a worrying glimpse back to last season, wasn't it, with the, with the number of chances we created. And, uh, you know, I think Bamford was... I, I, I look at it as him being more unlucky than anything else. I think the, the volley that came off the bar, you know, I think an inch lower, and that, that's probably in. Yeah, I thought it was a bit unlucky because it was behind him with that one. I I thought the lob was the worst miss of the two. Yeah, although just I was rewatching the uh, the highlights just before we came on to do this, and it was the ESPN commentary, and the commentator saying that it seemed the easiest chance he's had. I was thinking, for him, yes. For you, no. Like, come on, man. Dude, let it go. Oh, yeah, it wasn't like an absolute shocking miss or anything like that. And I think the, the other one, the, the chance he had in the first half, where I kind of wish he'd taken it first time because he took that touch forward towards the byline and, and really narrowed his angle. It would yeah. quite nice to see him try and hit that first time, just get it across goal. Yeah, because his actual attempt to it outside at left foot was a pretty decent attempt there. It was the one thing Murich did right. was It was quite a good save from that. Yeah. That's what was so disappointing, that we didn't test him out more because he's crap. They've gone from Pantillamon to him, and, and that, that was the issue we had last season in, in as much as... If you remember the, the game we lost at Forest last season, Pantillamon wasn't even fully fit. And it was annoying that we hadn't tested him out more in that game. Because, uh, again, he was... Cause he was I've always hated Pantillamon anyway. Uh Murich I don't I don't know as much about, but yeah, I think I think he got away with a couple of things because again the way he came out to close down Bamford, I did think he'd rushed off his line a little bit overcommitted. Yeah, it was completely in no man's land, wasn't he? Yeah. Both both teams did kind of get away with one wick goal. I mean, obviously theirs there was a clear foul in build up before the corner shouldn't have counted, but in build up to Hernandez's goal. Which, I mean, it was a really tidy finish, good through ball from Click. And it was a good layoff from Bamford to Click, but Bamford was offside. Yeah. When that ball got played. But, you know, that's one all. I think that that challenge on Costa might well have been a penalty, and the one on Stuart Dallas was an absolutely blatant one. 
yeah, the Dallas one, having seen it from a couple of different angles as well, it's just the fact that the ball's gone and he just gets booted. Uh, absolutely blatant. Uh, it's it's very disappointing that I was that I was completely missed because I think the other one as well in the first half was the the appeal for Forshaw, but that I think that would would have been a soft one. Yeah, he did have a little pull, but he properly chucked himself over, didn't he? It was. Yeah, and I don't. And just kind of watching it back again, Forshaw appeals, but he's not as as adamant as you've seen people when it's, when they think it should be a penalty. It's a, a turn and a look, and then very much just kind of gets on with it. Yeah. Uh, we both had us winning this game, so neither of us get any points for prediction. And we don't get any points for this one either because we both thought we'd get beat. Uh, but it ended up very comfortable. Salford nil leads three. Yeah, it was. Uh, I got got to watch the, this one live as well, which was nice because uh, the the Forest game, I should say, that was that was a twelve thirty kickoff, wasn't it? Yeah, so it'll have been half four for you, weren't it? Yeah, so I I was coaching a tournament that weekend, and I also played a game that evening. And I went home and I set my alarm for four four twenty five. My alarm went off. Woke up and I just went, "No, this isn't happening." I went back to sleep. There yeah. was there was no way I was because I think I had a game at eight thirty or nine in the morning, so would have been a bit of a struggle. But uh, yeah, it was nice to to be able to see the Salford game. And yeah, again, you you describe it as a a professional performance in in that sort of game. We we looked confident. They they had a few chances, but nothing. They had no real sustained periods of pressure or anything like that, and it was good to see uh, good to see Eddie and Ketcher get get a debut goal as well. Yeah, to be honest, for half an hour, I thought Salford were pretty good. They were, it, they probably looked better than Bristol City and Forest did against us. Mm. I know, I know that we weren't quite at full strength, but it was a fairly strong team. And he, but it just took that one moment of quality, didn't it? Shackleton through ball for Costa drives it across, and Ketcher exactly where you would expect him to be. Yeah, it, it's nice to see early on just edge of the six-yard box, simple tapping. At times as well, I thought Costa's pace looked absolutely frightening. You know that they weren't a team short of pace, and but just watching him, it was it's another level. Yeah, he, uh, he's. I mean, he should stand out in this, but he did. Uh, second goal, another Costa assist this time from a corner, and Gaetano Berardi. Flicking in at the near post. Yeah, it's very strange to see him as the one. And I, I, I appreciate that, um, given his his stature, he's not the player you're going to have challenging for a header around the pe- around the penalty spot. But yeah, making that front post run and and he got the he basically got the run on his marker, got in front of the other defender on the edge of the six yard box. And it was a nice little flick. Just kind of got it into the corner. Not not really the sort of finish you expect from Berardi, but you know, lovely to get that. Uh, Leeds fans managed to stay relatively calm and not all run on the pitch, which was good. And it does give rise to a very good stat that Ben White is the only player to have had Gaetano Berardi score for his team and against his team. Yeah. Because he's only scored two career goals. What a coincidence. Yeah. But yeah, again, good to see a goal coming from a number of different players. Mm. And yeah, if he can get one or two in a season imagine that yeah i'll tell you imagine what if you got to three you you could actually back this on one of the bet builder things as well imagine me you'd have got on berardi goal and an assist because he got the assist Ooh. for clicks goal admittedly we've just a smashed clearance up the field <laughs> <laughs> but he, and then click picking the ball up and running 30 yards of it he showed a real turn of pace i know that league two players generally are quick but he showed some really good yeah. pace to get there and Cut inside well, really good finish, and it's good to it's good him getting a goal because he it, it will always help him to get a few goals. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people's reaction to that goal was, has he always been that quick? Like he looked, he looked to go through quicker than I've typically seen him move. Um, it, yeah, really nice finish. I'd keep a guy's fingertips to it, but yeah, just sprinting from the halfway line that nice cut inside and Ketchy was screaming for it as well and, I, and I, for a second I think there's a camera angle where you can see he has that slight look that slight body language before it goes in of why the fuck didn't you pass it to me yeah and, and then it goes w- in like All right. yeah. you kind of want that from a centre forward though don't you really like- <laughs> oh yeah I could see that from him as well. I mean what is in Ketchy 19 or 20 uh, he's twenty, I think. 
Ah, there you go. So, yeah, young player. But, you know, good to see him wanting the ball and looking to get goals. Um, I thought the, the subs he made in this were odd. Because he brought McCalmont on. And then you Which, kind of figured... I believe knackers both our pre-season predictions. Yeah. Well, Pascal Strike was nowhere near this team either. Yeah, it was. F- yeah, well, that's because one of them was first debutant on it. I had Bogus, you went Strike, and it was McCalmont. But he looked pretty good yeah. when he came on. Passed the ball around really tidily. Didn't look overawed by it at all. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, maybe another couple of younger players will get on. And then it was, uh, no, here comes Patrick Bamford. Yeah. He just he doesn't believe in just giving a debut for the sake of it, does he? No, I I don't I don't know it's early doors, but I do. I I honestly look at it as a game where once you know once it's three 0 game's over, just just give players the extra fifteen minutes off. Just you know I don't Ben White doesn't need to be playing a full ninety minutes here. He probably what it'll be is if this was in November, he probably would do that. But at this stage, he clearly wants as many minutes in the legs as he can get, mm. which would explain the under-23s lineup. But we'll uh, we'll come on to that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then la- the, the last game uh, for the first team, 2-0 win at Wigan. Really, really comfortable. Two goals for Bamford from a combined four yards. We were saying how good it is to have Nketiah scoring a tap-in from a cross, where it's good to see Bamford get a couple of goals like that as well. Yeah, and the, the second one being kind of the definite, like that definition of... Uh... It doesn't matter if it goes in off his, if his ass, his his thigh, whatever it goes. Like, I'm still not entirely sure what forced that ball into the back of the net for the second one, but it was just persistence from about two yards out, just a little scrap for it, and he clearly managed to poke it in. But yeah, it, it, the only the only thing I would I would ask, I I haven't got to see anything other than the goals for this game. So, uh, and you got to go to this one. Yeah, I did do. So one, how how were we before the red card? Massively on top. Like we we looked pretty, they had one out ball, they were knocking it long to Kiefer Moore, and Kiefer Moore does lead the line well. I mean, you know, he's massive, he's Leeds coped perfectly well, like Ben White did well up against him. He did get booked for fouling him like three or four times. Mm. So he ended up getting booked, but then he eased off. Uh, Cooper was really good in the air. He he seemed to win most nearly all the ones he went for against him. But other than that long ball, they didn't have much. They had a couple of free kicks from distance that forced saves. Because yeah. was pretty solid in this game as well. He only had a couple of saves to make, but he made them well. His distribution was really good. Once the red card happened, which how he had the cheek to complain, I've no idea. It was a leg breaker. Yeah, I haven't even seen the foul. I just yeah. saw. I seen the uh, kind of the stats for this game. So. Well, I mean, he gave him a he gave him a second yellow for it because he'd already been booked, but it was a straight red, the tackle, like without a doubt. From in the in the stand, I wasn't as sure because I was behind it. I didn't really have the best view, but I've seen it back since, and it was a definite red. We just moved the ball well. I thought Leeds fans could sit wherever they wanted. Well, we can. Uh, right, I know that some Leeds fans jumped up and celebrated, but it seemed like a massive overreaction from both the Wigan fans and the stewards because it was mm. getting rid of like three, four people, and there was. 60 stewards it seemed like it's probably just bored not a lot to do at Wigan uh, that's very true having walked from the station to the ground did you get a pie bomb? <laughs> you see I didn't even bother going into town and going in pubs with Leeds fans but all the Leeds fans had taken over the pubs uh, but yeah. I'd had an absolute skinful the night before so I didn't, I didn't really fancy a drink oh there you go yeah, like you, like you say, it was good to see. And looking again, looking at the stats, we were absolutely dominant. Yeah, we ended up with an XG of over four, which you don't see very often. Yeah, we uh, was it Kiko Kassir completed more passes, um, more passes than any of Wigan's players. And I think he he completed fifteen passes, and the highest for Wigan was thirteen. Yeah, it's uh, it just goes. I mean, they. Particularly post red card, they just sat in a low block and hoped to not get hammered. Really, this one you had a three nil win, and I had two nil. He's taking the lead. Yeah, so after four games, you've got two correct results out of four, so you've got four points. I've only got one, but I got the score right, so I've got five. Yeah, I must admit though, there were there was a side of the Wigan game that I will have to talk about because I mentioned it on Twitter and I'd call it out if it were another club. So I've got a, some of the Leeds fans on the journey back. Their behaviour left a lot to be desired. Let's well before you before you speak about your bit. I I want to say I'll say the the little bit that I've kind of seen the more positive side of things, which was um, 
the Leeds fans jumping into the canal. Oh yeah, that was awesome. That's, that's, that's <laughs> which, fine. <laughs> which honestly, the the lad who did it for a hundred quid, uh, fair play to you because it is Wigan canals. Canals are dirty things that because there's no flow of water particularly, it never gets cleaned. It never gets taken away anywhere. So that's filthy water. The, the fair play to you. Not what I'd want to be doing. Oh no, I wouldn't want to do it. But fair play. It's basically when when I was on trip, the train there was fine through the gra- game. I didn't hear a single thing that was out of line. It was just you know end of day. Some people had, had a bit to drink. Some other people were very obviously on coke. When we're we're, we're we're on train platform waiting to come back, waiting for train back, and everyone's there singing. They're loud. They're a bit obnoxious, but not no no one's hurting anybody. Mm. And then a guy's hanging out of his window off at road. They all start chanting, "Who the fucking hell are you?" Which is absolutely fine. That's just funny. Uh, but because he looks, you know, vaguely Middle Eastern-ish, they start chanting. Well, you know what? We had to go at Millwall for chanting with Scouse. Yeah. Well, we play Scouse with Turk. Mm. And, I mean, look, it was only a group of about maybe 15 tops and probably less than that. And there was more people shouting at them to shut up than there was doing it. But I, I was really fucking pissed off when I heard them do it. Because it, it just reflects badly on everyone. It reflects badly on club. It reflects badly on me for being fucking stood with him. It reflects badly mm. on them. Obviously, it does on them, but they're probably not bothered about that. And there was a few on the train saying some things to, like, being very... You know when someone's saying something awful to, like, not even awful, like, really lewd to women? And they're like... And then they'll say, like, look, they don't mind, she don't mind. And she'll, like, look at a mate and go, no, no, it's fine. But it's not fine. They're just saying that because they don't want to piss them off. Is it like looking at Emma Louise Jones's tweets and the comments afterwards? It was a a bit like that, yeah. It was a... Yeah, so some of it wasn't great. And then most of the train journey back, I mean, fucking up, loud, singing. Singing some stuff that wasn't very nice, but wasn't, you know, like singing about Gary Neville being a It's not nice, but it's not something I've got a problem with. You know what I mean? But there's, yeah. there was a few songs, and it was always this, it's the same brigade, you know, the ones that always make sure to sing 10 German Bombers and to sing mm. Fuck the Pope and the IRA. You know, it's always yeah. in that rotation. And I think a lot of them didn't even realise, like, for instance, they were singing uh, about how Paul, they were singing Paul Pogba sells glasses on the beach. Well, okay. all of that song is, is all black people look the same. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I do not want to hear that. It's fucking stupid. And I mean, I was sat with, I am not sure of his descent, but the guy one seat in front of me was, you know, black, it'd be in the group black and minority ethnic. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where from, but he's got he's got to sit on the train, and I mean he was a Leeds fan, and he's got to listen to shit like that. It's just yeah. it's not on, and I, I I gave Millwall loads of shit. Now, admittedly, the difference is with us there was fucking ten people doing it, and when Millwall did it, it was half a stand. So there is a difference, but I, you can't fucking have it. And there was there was one guy, and I know exactly who it is because his mate posted about it on Twitter. I'm not going to name him because that's not fair. But there was one guy who tried to start about six fights on the train back as well, yeah. who was just acting a pillock. I don't know. I don't know if he'd just drunk too much or if whatever else he'd had didn't agree with him. But I, it was an annoying enough journey back that it almost ruined the like whole away day. And I was a bit, I was a bit annoyed at myself for being so naive because it's the first time I've gone on public transport to an away game in quite a while. Yeah. I normally club coach, or if you're in the country, generally speaking, we'll be in car. I know. I don't even go to these games. It just gets me to drive them. Yeah, <laughs> but like you know, stuff like that, and it really, it really pissed me off. I was very annoyed by the time I got home, and the train was yeah. so cramped that my back is now knackered. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I, I I know the fortunate thing for me. The only time I've ever taken the train to to a game was the Doncaster playoff final. Yeah. So you're getting a train at eight in the morning. Where yes, you do have people who've had who've still had a few drinks. It has to be said, the train going was absolutely fine. Yeah, it was just on the way back. Well, because we and and that's the thing we like. I ended up staying over, so the train back the next day was just like any other train. But going out, the one thing going out was quite funny because, one, it was absolutely heaving. Uh, we, the, the fortunate thing for me was because um, 
because I went to that game with my mum when I had season tickets with her at that point, uh, two blokes stood up and, and went, go on, you two get in there. Mm. So I, I did get to sit down, but yeah, still, it was um, not not the nicest ride. But unfortunately, I didn't have to put up with half the crap that you that that you and a lot of other people have on that train it, back. It, it wasn't that. As I said, don't get me wrong. This was a this was a massively small minority. This was not Leeds fans. This was a few people, and yeah. even even most of the ones that were really drunk and loud and a bit obnoxious, most of them were fine. You know, they weren't hurting anybody. They were just. They were just drunk and celebrating a win. Yeah. For the most part, like, you know, the fact that they are banging on the carriage quite loudly in the beat of the song doesn't really, that doesn't bother me. That's fine. It's just, there was just a few, there was a few times where you heard someone start singing something and you thought, oh, no one join in and enough joined in for it to annoy you. Yeah. And I know I am a fucking lefty, wanky snowflake, but... You know, I I want I don't want Leeds United to be associated with shit like that. We're already associated with shit like that, and we shouldn't be. Yeah, it's yeah, it's annoying, and because even at games now, and admittedly in the area of the ground where we sit, it, it's not so much a problem. But I, you know, I've been with you at times, and we've been there separately when there's one or two people will will trip. You know, you I, I, I remember you distinctly telling me one time someone. It was Kazengaluwa when he got subbed for Brighton. I remember it clear as day. Yeah, and someone jumping up, shouting "trigger, trigger," and mm. just, and just people around shouting him down. Yeah, but there's still people who who think that way, unfortunately. Yeah, but you know, it's I'm I'm a hypocrite if I don't mention it because if if it had happened at Middlesbrough and there was a video going around, I'd be saying, "Well, look at these idiots." Yeah. So you know, it's a very small number, but I just. You know, just have a think. Well, while we're on this note, the because the outcome of the the Millwall stuff has kind of come out now as well. And what was it? A ten thousand pound fine, and they've been told to come up with a plan to deal with it. Yeah. Fuck. So just re- always remember that racism is twenty times better than looking for offence. Yep. And I, 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 I don't get like I understand. The one thing I will say is that it's it's dealt with by two different bodies. Yeah. But the fact that in any way someone has looked and gone, ten thousand pounds should cover this. Yeah, I, you just feel like giving them the dictionary, a dictionary, and going, you know what, a commensurate fine is. I just feel, I feel the first step is a fine and a warning, and then the second step is, all right, you will play a game behind closed doors. Yeah, that's how you, you know. And and I think the issue I had with it is that that the FA are saying. No, you've got to come up with a plan to deal with this. Yeah, but you know, while just to be incredibly clear, what I saw was absolutely nothing compared to what we saw at that Wigan game, at, at that Millwall game. Yeah, like that and was several and several others. Yeah, you know, they they theirs is far worse. Uh, there has been a little bit of news. Most of the news we did actually do the podcast before the transfer window shut, but you know, Enketia got confirmed as we thought it would. Uh, we thought Pierce was going to Barnsley, but he instead went to Wigan and Barnsley signed Clackadore instead. Yeah. The Pierce, Pierce we knew were going. Uh, were you surprised when Adore went? Um, a little bit, yeah, because, again, he, he'd featured regularly for the under-23s, and uh, I assumed he was still going to play a part in that. I know hearing from you, he is someone who he picked up a lot in the second half of last season as well. But going by the explanation for it, it does seem to be that the positions he could play, he's far down the pecking order. Well, yeah, we've got about nine left backs, haven't we? Yeah, so I think if you look, you know, if he if he's looking to kind of make that breakthrough, even if he's going to be second or third choice at Barnsley, at least he's higher up the up in the rankings at Barnsley than he would be here. Yeah, I I think for his career he's probably done the right thing because I don't think he was going to get his chance. Yeah. And so long as Leeds have whacked to sell on Claus in there in case he comes good, I think it's fair enough. Yeah. And again, I think we've we've already spoken about Tom Pierce, a, a little bit disappointing that he's leaving, but hopefully he can get some first-team football yeah. and, and kind of prove himself. Yeah, and get back on track. Uh, speaking of Barnsley, did you see Arpo Halmer's debut in the League Cup for him? I don't know if you remember. This is, this is very specific, but me and Jack, we used to play in these Wednesday night games... Everyone's just a group of people. You'd split up into two teams and play. 
And I remember one game I was playing in defense, which is a terrible idea at the best of times. I was on the touch line, ball got rolled out to me. I decided to step over it to get it onto my right and let it go straight out for a throw in. Yeah. And Jack just turned around and went, what the fuck were you trying to do? <laughs> and me looking, okay, I, I don't know. Yeah. And that is roughly what Apple Halmer did. <laughs> That's what Halmer did, but ate about 20 yards out in the dead center of the field. <laughs> it was... Stepped over and lets it run straight onto the striker who calmly tucks it away. Yeah, it, um, it, it wasn't a good start for him. The, there's only two other real pieces of news. First of all, documentaries out. Have you seen any of it yet? I haven't had the chance to watch it yet, unfortunately. But yeah, that should be I should be getting to see it this week. Yeah. I've only had a chance to watch the first two episodes myself, so the Yeah, all the all the comments I hear coming out of it, especially from kind of Phil Hay and Graham Smith and a few other people. So, you know, it does sound like there's it's it's a very interesting thing as well. And there's I think, you know, some of the interviews they've got out of it. Because yeah. uh, one of the big things I've kind of got from it is Vic, apparently the passion that Victor Arta seems to show throughout this and how much he cares, which I think is is good because I still think in some circles Victor Arta is looked at at best cautiously. Yeah, well, the thing is, he, uh, by the looks of it, he does show a lot of passion from the bits I've seen. But, you know, there's a lot of, play, there's a lot of people who show passion. It doesn't necessarily mean they're that good. Well, I've always yeah. said, I'm sure if you put me in the middle of midfield, I'd try my fucking ass off. But I'd still be crap. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think, I think the thing with him is again, like obviously that that first kind of season he had when Ekiban came in and, and and those sorts of players, and you look at how many of them are left over, and it's it's a tad, you know, you, you can see clearly it didn't work. Yeah, it, it didn't work. But at the same time, the the recruitment in the last two years, and yes, it's nice that we've kind of restocked the under 23s we've we've bolstered the under 18s and we're looking to bring 16 17 year olds in more now from further afield to kind of boost our under 18s and you look at the success they've had so you know i've kind of moved on from the auto hating that i had by the end of that first full season yeah i think he had a bad start but i think he's moved his way up towards average now yeah which you know is in terms of director of football there aren't many you know they can't all be stuart weber Mm. (laughs) Uh, the only other thing is the under-23s played yesterday. Pretty thrilling st- way to start the season. 3-2 win over Millwall. Matthias Bogertz with deflected free kick. Winner. La- absolute last kick of the game. Yeah. Three to- it, to- although, to be honest, it should never have got to that. Like Leeds were 2-0 up, and- up and absolutely cruising. They'd been all over them. First goal, Alioski uh, gets in down left, skins his man, pull back. It's second phase from a corner. Uh, Pascal Stroik's still up there, sweeps home, decent finish. Uh, Half time, he took off Alioski, Shackleton, and who else did he take off? Shit. Because he brought on Enketia and Stevens moved to work. Oh, and Helder Costa. Yeah. Yeah, not a bad. Helder Costa started in the under 23s. Uh, the yeah. most expensive reserve there ever was. <laughs> yeah, he, he he brought on Enketia, and Enketia scored with like his first real chance. Uh, Clark threw ball, really good ball. Stevens got in down left, played it across, and Enketia scored. And then Leeds still played well for another, like, five to ten minutes. Stroik and Hassano at centre-back had both been brilliant. Uh, there was just before they got back into it, Hassano got the ball and ran 60-odd yards, beat, like, four players, and put Nketiah through on goal, and he probably should have scored a second. Mm. And then Hassano gave away a stupid penalty. Like, just slid straight through the back of someone. Like, really yeah. daft thing to do, having had a really good game. And Leeds just panicked like mad. I mean, Meslier saved the penalty, but the... Alexander, their striker, scored the rebound. And then all of a sudden, we were just all over the place. Like, there was just no no shape, no nothing. They got an equaliser from Edget Box. And luckily, we managed to win it. But uh, the, the other main takeaway from it was uh, Meslier looked quite good. Yeah, that's it's good to say. Again, I've seen I've seen our goals from the game. Um, this one was streamed through Facebook as well. And YouTube, I believe. Yeah, it was on the app as well, because that's where I watched it on. Yeah, I just... Because obviously the number of issues we've seen to have had with the app is probably makes it worth putting the under twenty three games on Facebook and and YouTube just so that you're not just reliant on one way to try and watch the game. But yeah, like you said, good good to see us get off to a win, and and maybe it's just the fact that you that you've seen quite a few first team players in there trying to get their fitness levels up a bit. That's kind of thrown the the team off a little bit. 
Um, hopefully they won't have too many wobbles like that towards the end. Yeah. Well, 23's play again on Friday. It was, I think it's the way Ipswich, it was meant to be on Monday, but it got moved earlier today. Yeah. There is just a thing that I'm just, I just flicked Twitter on, you know, just to check, see if there'd been any news. And it looks as if uh, Leeds have been given permission to build a training ground on that, on, oh, it says school. It says on former school site, so that'll be the Matthew Murray site, won't it? Yeah. I haven't actually read the article, that's just on Twitter. The plans are set to go before Council Chiefs next month. Approval to sell the Matthew Murray site to Leeds to develop a new training ground. The talks have gone well so far, so it sounds like it's probably a goer. Which is interesting, because a lot of talk about the training ground had gone quiet in the last six months maybe even longer than that what was it plan what was it called was it like project 2020 or something like that originally yeah something like that although isn't isn't that the what saudi arabia call theirs yeah true uh, that, that's vision 2020 yeah think, sorry yeah let's not mix those up yeah we're in bed with the qataris not the saudis let's yeah let's get our evil overlords right don't want to be going into a room and finding out that someone's tried to dismember Phil Hay. God. <laughs> Sorry, that that's sad and funny at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I don't, have you seen all the, the Phil Hay things going around on Twitter at the moment of him, like with his profile picture, basically inserting him into police dramas? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice touch. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to see that the... the we're kind of taking a step in the right direction with this now. I know obviously the the idea is to get the training center, the training ground into the middle of Leeds, a more accessible place, and uh, kind of make it a bit more appealing as well for for players coming in. Because I, I love Thorpe Arch, and you know, obviously, I think kind of growing up, having got to go there for summer camps and stuff like that, it's it it was at that point an incredible facility, and a lot has changed since then. You know, you've got the 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 pool went in and the indoor more indoor fields and things like that but realistically i think having a training ground to, near to the middle of town is going to be uh a lot more appealing to the players as well you, you think of the stories about uh like fabian delph him having to take three or four buses i think it was to try and get to, to thorpe arch for for training coming over from bradford so getting younger players to practice as well, it's going to make things a lot easier for them to get there as well. Yeah, it's definitely more convenient because if it's near centre, pretty much, so long as you're in the north, it's not a difficult journey. Yeah, and it, to be fair in that case as well, it might even make it easy enough to get, you know, be able to get trains into Leeds and things like that if you live a little bit further out. Yeah. But yeah, you know, at least it, it makes it a lot more viable for for younger players to get there and, and put, kind of puts a lot less stress on either parents trying to get them there or having to send a 14-year-old lad off on a bus to try and to get his way there. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, hopefully we'll... I mean, it's said next month, so we'll come back to that when it comes up again. Uh, we've got three games to preview, but really we've got two. Yep. Bloody League Cup. Never stops. Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow night, Wednesday... Quarter to eight, twelfth uh, in the league, Brentford. They uh, so far they uh, they lost one nil to Birmingham on opening day when Birmingham had an xg of zero point zero one. So <laughs> I, I I it was a ridiculous. It was Janssen taking the curse with him, I think. They won one nil at Borough. Uh, they drew one all with Cambridge and got beat five four on penalties in cup. So they're out of that. And then they drew one all with Hull and cost me two hundred and fifty quid. Uh, there's been some team news earlier in the day. None of these are confirmed as out, but they're all doubtful. And you know when Bielsa says doubtful, if there's any chance whatsoever, he just won't play him. Mm. Uh, Cooper, Douglas and Alioski. Interesting. Yeah, he's already said... I mean, you would assume Berardi would come in for Cooper if it comes to it, and Stoy could move up onto the bench. And he said if Douglas and Alioski are both not fit, Dallas will go to left-back and Shackleton will play right-back. And then Berardi and White in the middle? If, that, if, if, they, were, if they were all out, yeah. Jesus. One day, one day the injury... We'll go like three weeks without... Any injuries, it'll be great. I mean, hopefully Cooper's fit. The most important one is Cooper being fit. Oh, man. Where's Clark Adore when you need him? Get yeah. him in at left-back. Yeah, get rid of him because we've loads of left-backs and then both his left-backs get injured at the same time. Uh, Brentford haven't had the best start, but we both fancied them to do well. 
they've got a good squad in theory. They they always play three four three now. Uh, squad's pretty solid. They've got that Ryan Martin in goal who they signed from Blackburn. That's a good signing. That I've always I've always thought he was a decent keeper. Yeah, uh, back three usually is a uh, Julian Jean Vier and Ethan Pinnock who they got from Barnsley. He's quite highly rated. Either side of Pontus Janssen, who I believe is still captain. There you go. Uh, wing backs slash right, sort of Rico Henry at left and Henrik Dalsgaard on right. Rico Henry before that injury was expected to be really good. Yeah, he was. He was someone that was talked about quite a bit. A lot of that was also down to the fact he's called Rico Henry. Yeah. Uh, in centre mids, it might well be the two Danish ones because there's Matthias Jensen, who's Dan, who's Denmark's under twenty one captain, who was signed for like three and a half million, and they signed Christian Norgard, who's also Danish from Fiorentina for two point eight million. He's like twenty five. He ain't got a senior cap, which surprised me a little bit but he had like 20 odd for under 21s when he was younger but they've also played Josh De Silva in a couple of games uh, which which one of those two Danish lads is Casper Sloth then uh, the second one okay yeah uh, but and then front three they've got loads of options it'll probably be diving Ollie Watkins as the number nine but yeah. then to play wide they've got two from four of like uh, Serge Canos Saeed Benrahma Brian Mbwemo and Emiliano Marcondes. Uh I mean, Canos and Benrama are both really good. And yeah, Canos in the in the away game. I know we kind of didn't show up for the Brentford away game last season, but he he causes a lot of problems. Yeah, and I think Benrama's one of the better players in the league. Mm. Uh, it's weird. I, I, this it's not Mbuemo because it's not U E M O. It's E U M O. So it'd be like Mbuemo or something, but I don't know how you pronounce it. Burmo. He apparently is. Going to be good, but I haven't seen anything like he, I've read things saying he is hotly tipped. But uh, it it should be very interesting to see us go up against a team playing three four three. Yeah, we again we we, and this was kind of right in the middle of our implosion when we played them at the back end of last season. But yeah, we we struggled to deal with that last season. If you remember, by the end of the game, our defense was all over the place because. I think Phillips had dropped in. Um, we'd ended up moving. Uh, Alioski had ended up moving forward. And, and Alioski ended up coming into the middle for a brief period. And Yeah, I, th- I think at one stage we had a set uh, back three of Phillips, Janssen and Alioski or something along those lines. And you were just looking going, no wonder we're fucked here. Yeah, it's it's going to be odd to see because with with the way we are, you would think that leads against that formation will play 3-3-1-3. Three, three, three. And go man for man. Like, you think you would think Phillips would drop in, like, Phillips would drop in to middle. Well, actually, no, it'd probably be, if they're planning it, he'll drop in at the side. So one of the actual centre-backs can mark Watkins. Yeah. But, like, because you would have the wing-backs pushing on. But if Leeds' wing-backs can cover their wing-backs, they will get a three-on-two in the middle. You know, like, Forshaw and Click. There's the yeah. Jensen and Norgard, but their wingers will come inside just like our fullback, our wingbacks will. Mm. So it'll be quite an interesting shape. But what it might mean is that if we can get what I would assume will be Hernandez and Harrison, it, we might be able to get them with uh, Rico Henry and Dalsgaard caught up the pitch. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you've got Bamford, Hernandez, Harrison against their back three, and you would be back. I'd back them in that situation. So that'd be really. It it'll be. One of the more interesting tactical ones we'll come up against because not many teams play a proper three at the back. That's it. T- typically, the, it's either are we playing either four two three one or four three three. That and occasionally a four four two as well. Yeah. So yeah, this is you know a lot more attacking in that regard. Um, do you think there'll be any real shifts in the team? So obviously we've we've still not seen Costa start a league game yet. Now, other than the potential injury ones at the back, I don't think he'll change out. Because mm. Costa, if he was going to come in, would probably be for Harrison, but Harrison played really well against Wigan. Yeah. And if they're playing that formation, I can't see him dropping click from the 10. Because if we need, yeah. to, if we need to drop to three at the back, then we can have click and Forshaw as the central players. If we were trying to play Costa at 10, suddenly you've got Forshaw and Costa. Yeah. In a midfield battle, and that might not work so well. So I, 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 I really can't see him changing it. 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see because you got to imagine at some stage that that Costa is going to have to start some games. I, I know we're already committed to buying and things like that, but you you don't particularly want your you know the most expensive player we've bought since two thousand three or two thousand two, whenever it was. That would be since Rio Ferdinand. So yeah, yeah fifteen. I, th- I think there's only Rio that was more than that. Yes, yeah, so, so that'd be two thousand then. Yeah. Yeah, you don't particularly want that person getting frustrated on the bench, especially when it's someone as talented as him. So it'll be interesting to see when he makes that when he makes that start in the first team and gets a run of games. As I say, it will happen. It just it's a matter of time. Uh, what what do you one? Do you think you'll get a chance to watch this live? And two, what do you reckon? I should be able to watch this if I can find a stream. I know it's not ESP on ESPN, so. I'll have to uh I'll have to find a stream, but I won't I'm guessing with it being a Wednesday night and there've been a number of games on it'll be a sky red button game. Uh I believe so, yeah. So yeah, should be should be fine in that regard. Okay, I'm gonna be optimistic. They they've not got off to a brilliant start. We're we're looking pretty confident at the moment, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we win two 0 I'm gonna say one apiece. And I've got an awful yeah. feeling that Janssen's gonna score it. God. Just, you know, headed for McConnell. But not, not that it really matters, but what sort of reception do you think he'll get? I'm kind of worried. I, I think he, I think it'll be mixed. And I and I kind of feel sorry for him in that regard, because I don't think... I know the interviews he's done since the move, saying that, you know, this is, this is a step up he wanted to take and things like that. But at the same time, what else is he going to say? Well, you know, it's not like as if you're going to sign for someone to go, well, no Premier League club came in for me, so I guess I'm happy to be here, I suppose. Yeah, I uh, I think he, we should make very little of it. You know, his name gets announced, polite golf clap, and then that's about it. Yeah, I, I think as it should be. Uh, yeah, yeah, I might say it, but because I, th- I think as you look at it, you know, in the three years he's been here, he has been a, a big part of this, this club and... Mm. I think he's done more right than wrong. I think that's a good way to phrase it. Yeah, I don't think he deserves to be booed or anything like that. You know, yeah, was he a selfish player? Yes, but we all kind of, as annoying as it could be, we also all kind of loved him for it. Yeah. Um, so if if this was if this was football manager, I'd say I hope he gets a good reception, but I hope he doesn't play too well. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, it's like the last time he came up against Patrick Bamford when Bamford scored a hat trick. That would be lovely. Yeah. Uh, then we have on Saturday Stoke away. I unfortunately couldn't get a ticket because I was at work, got distracted, and I tried to get on at ten thirty one. And if you're one minute late, you fucked. Yeah, bloody Stoke. Uh, but they have not had a good start. They are currently twenty fourth. <laughs> just, just to reiterate, I tipped these to go up. Yeah, I, uh, I might have had them down as a play in in the playoffs. I can't even remember now, yeah. but but yeah, they uh, they got beat two one by QPR. They got beat three one at Charlton. They did win against Wigan in League Cup one nil, and then a two two draw with Derby, one point. Uh, in all three games, they've played a four three one two. So another one where we could end up with a with a three three one three. It'll be Butland in goal, who by all accounts has been abysmal this season. To be fair, since the middle of since well. Yeah, since the middle of last season, he's he's very much kind of done himself out of a move. Yeah. Well, in fairness, he made a bo- he made a bollocks on the opening day of last season against us, didn't he? Yeah, I you know I, I I quite like Jack, but I definitely think there's a good goalkeeper in there. But yeah, the way he's the way he's played since they've dropped down to the championship, you you, you can tell there's a reason he's still here. Yeah, I I thought he might end up getting a move to like set on bench at a big club, Burnley. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, defence uh, Tommy Smith's been playing at right back we've signed him off of the field for like 3 million uh, Ryan Shawcross I haven't actually seen a confirmed thing but he's probably out for the season that injury he got in pre-season was horrible mm. uh, but they're, they're three centre-back options we've got Liam Lindsay that they signed from Barnsley for 2.5 million it says a lot of how well Barnsley are doing that they had two really high-rated centre-backs that everyone liked and they sold them both and they still look pretty solid so Right turnover of players going on at Barnsley. Yeah, they're very money ball, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I suppose in I suppose in their financial position as well, there's that's pretty much how you have to be. Yeah, uh, they've also got Danny Bath, 
and uh, Nathan Collins, who's 18, they've managed to get him to sign a new contract. He was apparently wanted by pretty much everyone. And main, main starting left-back's been James McLean. Interesting. Which is a bit interesting, but they do have Stephen Ward as well. And I could see against yeah. us them going for the more the more left-back option of the two. Mm. Yeah, uh, they've been playing with a midfield three, which, looking at their squad and with injuries and stuff, probably Sam Klukas, Ryan Woods and Joe Allen, which is pretty solid. But they've got that Peter Atebo as well. If he's fit, he's good. Yeah, I, it's strange because since, since that move to Stoke, you, you just don't hear as much about Ryan Woods now. You know, he was someone that's spoken a lot about when he was at Brentford. And, you know, it was, I think we looked at the time because one, it was that kind of way of getting around the system of what was it last season they did? You could, when the transfer window closed, but you could loan a player or something like that. Yeah, but, last season, the window shut just before the Premier League started like it did this season. But the loan yeah. window stayed open until September 1st. So teams were just doing loans with options, with like, not even options to buy, with obligations to buy. Yeah, and that, that's and what they did. putting the deal through on January 1st. Yeah. Um, and it, it, for, especially for Stoke, a team coming down, Ryan Woods like a very astute signing, someone kind of used to playing in the championship, but... Um, uh, it's not really. He's been fine. Yeah, but nothing, nothing spectacular. But like Stoke have not had a good start, and that if they were to have four or five more bad games, all of a sudden Collins could be in trouble. Yeah, playing as the number ten, it'll be one of Nick Powell or Tomins, who are both 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 good players. Nick Powell has a bit of trouble staying fit, but yeah, uh, Tomins has always been a threat. I think at this point it's kind of established he is a championship player yeah was it Tommins that went that was does he move there from Huddersfield yeah 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 again two players that can cause you trouble but I'm not massively afraid of any of them oh. and uh, up front it's very workmanlike but they're, they're all decent players but they'll all put in a shift uh, it'll be two from Sam Vokes Benny Kofobi Lee Gregory and Scott Hogan well I have voiced my opinion on Sam Vokes many a time I'm yeah. I'm just not a fan of his at all. And admittedly, that is based on a loan spell in 2008, 2009. Yeah, what was it, one goal in 10 games? Yeah, he was abysmal. But yeah, the, like you said, I think Workman-like is, is the perfect description for for that lineup. Um, for some reason, every time I look at Lee Gregory, I think of John Gregory, which is yeah odd. But again, it's, it's kind of as their league position it's says. It's certainly not a team that should be bottom. No, but... It's a very mid-table looking team, if I'm being honest. You see, I, I expected, one, I expected a little bit of extra transfer stuff to happen with them. Mm. But when I when I looked at the team, I thought Butland would be better. And I thought, oh, Tommy Smith, Liam Lindsay and Danny, Danny Bath and Stephen Ward, that's solid back four. I thought they had enough good midfielders and I thought they had enough goals up front as well. And the end of last season they conceded like three goals in the last 10 games or something I thought if they're going to defend that well they don't even need to score that many and they'll get they'll be right up there but they just haven't done it they kind of made a push towards the end of the season back towards the playoffs yeah, but they, never really they, were nowhere, they never got near it but like, and they drew quite a lot of them nil-nil but it was a really solid base to go off and I thought they'd, do, I thought they'd have a better start than this I mean obviously there's still loads of time yeah a stoke away Difficult place to go on a Saturday afternoon. I'm, I'm going to say we win 3-2. I'm going to say we win 2-0. And then, really hard one to preview now, uh, Tuesday after that we're playing Stoke. <laughs> Is it home or away? This time it's at home in the League Cup. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, there you go. So all of that, except there'll be loads of changes. Uh, I think their changed lineup isn't as strong as our changed lineup. No. So I'm, I'm going to say we win 3-0. Yeah, I, I imagine we'll put out a similar team to the one that we fielded against Salford. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two 0 Cool. Well, I reckon we've made fairly decent time there. Yeah, that should be about right. So that was episode fifty three of uh, Mighty White's podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Mighty White's Pod. Uh, the stuff that we write goes up on Through It All Together. Uh, and if anyone fancies writing for Through It All Together. Uh, get in touch with us on Twitter at, at THRU, it's all L-U-F-C, or at Mighty White's Pod, 
or send an email to a through it all lufc at gmail.com when i'll try and remember to check that basically uh i am going to be taking over as managing editor of the site starting on september 1st but i may as well make a start now and get people involved uh i'll be honest they have offered me a, a the writing budget they've offered me to pay people is zero if there was if people are involved if there's certain things i might be able to try and get money involved for stuff i'm not expecting people to come in with really elaborate pieces and stuff because you know you deserve money for that don't but pitch them to places that can pay you uh but obviously we're coming up on september if there's any students starting up or like that who could do with a little bit of stuff just to get them started uh definitely get in touch with me obviously i i am covering as much of it as i can myself because it's only fair but i'll 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 try and do some writing again. It's been a while, but I'm sure I'll remember how to do it. Yeah, uh, but as I say, it's one of them. I, f- I figure I may as well mention it on here. Uh, I was going to put it all over Twitter and stuff earlier, but I was waiting for everything to get confirmed, and it actually got confirmed earlier today. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Excellent work. So, useful thing. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll be able to get the club to uh, let me get some interviews now that I've got that as well as the podcast. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We're kicking on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's I think that's everything that we need to plug. We, I'll start mentioning them more often now that I have even more of a direct interest in it doing well. He's going to open with it with at t h i u all l u f c. I might start just uh, embedding the podcast in every article. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and make it autoplay. <laughs> <laughs> just be a right dick. <laughs> right. Anyway. Uh, so is that all good, Casey? Yeah, all good. I think I should be sitting down in the next day or two to watch the or make start and probably because I'm off all day, I'll probably binge watch the whole series and in one day. But I've got that to look forward to this week. Got the game tomorrow. Uh, yeah, should yeah. be uh, sh- should be a good rest of my week. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about the series more next time because we'll both watched all of it by next podcast, and we'll be back. Some we'll probably be back if the Stoke game's Tuesday. Generally speaking, we go to a pub quiz on a Wednesday, so probably that Thursday, maybe. Yeah, and uh, if anyone is interested in keeping up with my testicular situation, I have a doctor's appointment Thursday morning, my time, so... uh... And his Tinder name is Ibrahim. So, yeah, if there is demand there, I will keep people updated with that as well, about me and my three balls. Yeah, right, cool. That'll do us. I'll see you later. Bye. (laughs)